Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, Winbet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Thanksgiving Free Roll. Everyone who hits a football bingo in our contest will win $100 cash and a $100 gift card to the SGPN store exclusively on the SGPN app. One of your biggest critics has been, and I'm surprised about this. Me too. Wayne Rooney, for example. Who you played with for many years very successfully and were good friends with him. And yet all this year, three or four times, he's come out and attacked you in the media. Pierce, I don't understand. Uh, you should ask this question to him, but I don't know. Um, I don't know why he criticised me so bad. Or Is it jealousy as well, perhaps, that you're still playing and still in the probably, United States? Probably, because he finished his career with 30s, so I'm still playing high level. I'm not going to say that I'm looking better than him, which is, is, is true, but... <laughs> But it's, that it's, is inarguable. I mean, there's no contest. It's, it's hard to listen that kind of criticize and negative about people who play with you. For example, Gary Neville as well. Yeah, I mean, Gary Neville, you blanked him the other day uh, on the pitch and he looked quite upset, actually, because um, he obviously likes being your friend. But he's been pretty critical of you as well. When the, you people have... Can, have, can have his own opinion, but they don't really know what's going on for example, inside the, the, the training ground and Carrington area or even my life, they should listen not only one point of view, they have to listen my point of view as well because it's easy to, to criticize, but if you don't know the old story, it's, it's, it's easy, you know. But it's, Pierce, as I said before, it's, it's part Are they of... still friends of yours or do you have a line where... They are not my friends. Do you feel a bit betrayed when they do that because yes. you because you play together it's easy it's easy to criticize i don't know if you have a job in television that they must criticize to a, to be more famous i really don't understand do you think they use your name a bit to i think they take advantage of that because they are not stupid and i really understand and i have to carry on with my life with criticize criticize or or when the people speak good about you, but it's hard when you see people who was in the dressing room with you criticizing that way. It must hurt. It's not good. Yeah. Yes, I did. But not hardly. I, I'm not going to be more slim. I'm not going to sleep bad because of the criticize. But it's not good to listen to that. Disappointing. A little bit, yes. Mm. Disappointing. The owners of the club, they listen, they don't... The Glazers. The Glazers, they don't... They don't care about about the club. I mean, professional uh, sport. As you know, this Manchester is a marketing club. They will get his money from the marketing. The sports, it's they they don't really care, in my opinion. Do you ever talk to them, the Glazers? Never. 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 Not since you've gone back. No. They give all the power to the president, the sport directive. A lot of Manchester United fans are very negative about the Glazers. They think they're taking all the money out and are spending enough 
on players, on the infrastructure issues he talked about. Do you think the fans are right? The fans are they're always right. I think the fans should know the truth, should know that the players, we want the best for the club. I want the best of the club. This is why I'm coming to Manchester United. This is why I love this club. But you have some things inside the club which is don't help to Manchester reach the top level as City, Liverpool and even now Arsenal, for example, which is, is complicated. It's difficult. Um, it's hard. In my opinion, it will be hard for Manchester to be in the top of the game the next two or three years. You'd lost your baby son and now your baby daughter's in hospital. Exactly. And you must have been absolutely... I spoke with the directive of and the president of uh, Manchester United and then kind of that didn't believe that something going wrong, which is, is make me feel bad. Really? Yes, I, yes. I didn't believe you. They believe you, but in the same way, they are there and never is ever going to change uh, the health of my family for a football. Never. Now or 10 years uh, behind or forward. And it's something that really hurt me because they doubt of my words that I struggle, especially Bell and Gio. We had one week in hospital because the Bell have a big problem. And I didn't go to the preseason because of that, because I didn't, I didn't, was allowed to left my family if something happened to do it the preseason because I think it wasn't not fair to left my family for a preseason. This is why I didn't go. So you are obviously listening to Bet MEFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow Bet MEFC on Twitter at Bet MEFC. That's at BetMUFC. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. And of course, you can follow my Twitter account. It's at LockBettingCom. That's at LockBettingCom. The pin tweet on that Twitter account is a PL for the month of October for LockBetting.com, which was the 113th month in a row of transparent track profit. And it's looking almost certain that we will have month number 114. Very, very strong month here in November so far. So, the backstory behind this podcast is that I had already recorded it all and it was a reaction to the Piers Morgan interview. I sent it in. It was about to go out on the website and on the podcast feed. And then all of a sudden I had to cancel it. I had to redo the entire podcast because we reacted to the whole Piers Morgan thing. Yes, there was stuff in there about how it would affect Portugal. Yes, we looked at Portugal's chances in the World Cup. Yes, we looked at Portugal's first game, but we also massively speculated on what was next for Ronaldo. Would he be sacked? Where would he go next? Well, that has all changed in the last 24 hours because Cristiano Ronaldo is gone. Cristiano Ronaldo is no longer a Manchester United player, so we will cover all of the other points, but there was no point putting out a podcast where we were speculating on Cristiano Ronaldo's future because that has now been determined by Manchester United with a statement that said they were mutually parting ways, which means that nobody's going to sue each other. Ronaldo's not going to sue United. Man United are not going to sue Ronaldo for his comments. It's a clean break. And it has been said that they are mutually parting ways here after the interview with Piers Morgan. 
Now, uh, that breaking news that we had in the past few minutes, Cristiano Ronaldo is to leave Manchester United, uh, his club, with immediate effect. Our sports correspondent, Rob Harris, uh, joins me once again uh, from Doha. And uh, Rob, I just wonder your reaction to this news, which I guess was inevitable. Yeah, it did seem so once Cristiano Ronaldo gave that interview last week saying he felt betrayed by Manchester United, criticising the club, the standards of coaching, criticising the methodology and the very fabric of the club. It looked like his time at Manchester United was coming to an end. This is the end of his second period at the club. He'd barely been there a year or so. United thought he was heading to Manchester City when they signed him a year ago, but they managed to convince him, Sir Alex Ferguson, the former manager, managed to convince him not to go to the arch rivals but it has been a souring of relations he's 37 years old and he's not quite had the same impact we have had a statement just now from Cristiano Ronaldo and he confirmed in it that following conversations with Manchester United we have mutually agreed to end our contract early he says I love Manchester United and I love the fans that will never ever change however it feels like the time right for me to seek a new challenge he concludes the statement by saying I wish the team every success for the remainder of the season and for the future he had not been a significant part of this season, only one goal scored and he'd even left some games early and that led to him at one point being banished from the team for a while but will United fans remember him for this second spell at the club or for the first period when he really made his mark from 2003 to 2009 winning Champions League Premier League titles and being part of that Alex Ferguson period of dominance but for now Ronaldo is here in Qatar focused on his Portugal team who start their World Cup campaign on Thursday against Ghana Ronaldo will be looking for a new club no details on what it means in terms of this mutual consent will United have to pay up the rest of the contract or has it been ripped up that's been determined so yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo has gone. Before we deep delve into the Portugal situation and before we look at some of the unbelievable things that he actually said on the interview, I guess we should just start by speculating on where he will go. Will he go to a top Champions League team? Will he go to the MLS? Or will he go to Saudi? Because he did reveal in this interview that he did turn down a 3 150 million euro offer from Saudi Arabia to go and play there. So that was one of the big revelations in this interview. And it remains to be seen whether that will still be on the table. I imagine that it will be. And whether he takes it or whether he does seek out another top European club. I guess the middle ground here would be for him to go to Sporting Lisbon. Sporting Lisbon are no longer in the Champions League. In fact, they're not playing European football at all. And if he was to go to Sporting Lisbon, not only would he not be playing in Europe, he wouldn't even be challenging for a league title. He would just about be trying to get that team back into the Champions League. So pretty much the same situation he had at Man United, although he was guaranteed less game time at Man United. In fact, he wasn't guaranteed any by the end, which is what we'll talk about in a minute. But um, at Sporting Lisbon, he obviously would be a prominent part of the team. But ultimately, it would be a massive step down. Other teams that he's linked to include Chelsea and Bayern Munich. But I just can't see that happening. I do think the MLS or 
taking this 350 million euro offer from Saudi would likely be the most likely destination for Cristiano Ronaldo after this World Cup. What is the truth about other clubs making offers for you? Some people have said there were no offers at all. I happen to know that there was a gigantic one from Saudi Arabia. I mean, for example? Like 350 million euros for two seasons, is that... Sure. Yes, it's I mean, true. That's a staggering sum of money. Yes. Which you turned down. In that moment, yes. I mean, that to me says you're not just about the money. It's what, it's what I'm going to mention now. It's, they say many, many garbage things that if you are agent, what you're going to do? You go the clubs, but George Mendes, for example, have more than 100 players. And they go Chelsea, they go Arsenal. They always mention Cristiano Ronaldo. They offer Cristiano. Please, let's be honest. Who's the most expensive player, salary player that Premier League have in history. It's me, even with 37 years old. Why they're gonna, even, they even offer me to Sporting or Napolis. I will be honest with you, you don't ha- I didn't have many, many clubs, but I have many, many offers of the other clubs, right. which is I didn't change because I didn't plan to do it. But I have, but what, the press keeping say and the garbage press say that nobody want me, which is completely wrong. And um, I was happy here, to be honest. I was motivated to do, to do it a great season here. But but they continue to repeat. Nobody want Cristiano. How, how they don't want a player who last year scored 32 goals. One of the things you'll notice in that interview is how Ronaldo constantly leads Pierce or they seem to know exactly what each other are going to say. This was definitely prepared. It was definitely set up. The questions were set up. Cristiano Ronaldo and Pierce Morgan were definitely in on this. Pierce Morgan didn't challenge him at any point. It was all softballs. And I think it was all designed and orchestrated to do exactly what it did which is for Cristiano Ronaldo to leave Manchester United. There is a market up for um, where he goes next out of interest. But before we do that, let's take a second out to tell you guys about WinBet. If you're thinking about joining WinBet, now is the time. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee and Virginia. We're bringing excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports bank and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Great promos, odds and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're ready to play, sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100 and get a $100 free bet. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgallonpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgallonpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. The office subject is attained. Terms and conditions available at winbet.com. You must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. So let's have a look at this market of where Cristiano Ronaldo will go next. Now, I don't know how widely available it is, but I have managed to, to find a market for it. 
Sporting Lisbon is the favoured destination. We spoke about that a minute ago. I think that would be a massive step down. As I said, this team are not challenging for the league this season. Benfica are absolutely clear in Portugal. And if they do slip up, it's only Porto that I can see catching them. Sporting are also completely out of Europe. And um, I just don't see that being his destination. They are available at 3-1. to one. Chelsea are tied his favourites here at 3-1. to one. Any MLS club is available at four to one. Real Madrid at six to one. Newcastle seven to one. PSG seven to one. Bayern Munich eight to one. Napoli fourteen to one. Roma fourteen to one, which would see him reunited with Jose Mourinho. Um, any Saudi club sixteen to one. Arsenal sixteen to one. Sounds ridiculous. But it was mentioned during the interview, Piers Morgan wants him there. And he did say he would like Arsenal to win the league if Manchester United don't. Well, obviously, you want Arsenal if he goes there. AC Milan 18 to 1, Ajax 20 to 1, Atletico Madrid, which was heavily speculated in the summer, 25 to 1, Manchester City, which he admitted he turned down before he went to Man United, 25 to 1, and everybody else is bigger than 33 to 1. So, some interesting ones for me there. Any Saudi Pro League club is massive for me there at 16 to 1, given that they've already offered him huge money, and given that I am personally ruling out any top Champions League club like Real Madrid, like Chelsea, like PSG, like Bayern Munich, and also Sporting Lisbon don't really have too much going for them at the moment. So any Saudi club seems interesting to me, as does the reunion at Roma, because Tammy Abraham isn't getting it done for Roma this season. That's why Tammy Abraham isn't in the England squad. Cristiano Ronaldo is a goal scorer if you provide him with chances, and Roma are delivering a ton of chances for people. Their expected goals, if they put them all in the back of the net, would have them second in the league in Italy, but they are failing to put the ball in the back of the net. And Cristiano Ronaldo is a goal scorer and it wouldn't involve a massive change of style for Roma. That's another thing. Manchester United are currently trying to play this uh, this this pressing style and this counter-attacking style. Um, they're trying to soak up pressure and counter-attack whilst they're trying to press teams when they don't have the balls. So Cristiano Ronaldo isn't good at any of this stuff. He's in the bottom 1% of pressing attackers in world football. And he isn't good on the counter-attack either because he stalls plays. When Man United are trying to counter-attack, they were much worse when Cristiano Ronaldo was in the team, only winning 25% of the games which he started in this season. But for Roma, that wouldn't be a problem. They already have a big team. They try and get balls into the box. They try and get balls into Tammy Abraham. And he isn't finding it. net. Cristiano Ronaldo would be very, very very suited to the way Roma play and he likes playing under Jose Mourinho so this reunion would suit him very very well so for me they are the standout plays here at 14 to 1 and 16 to 1 there is a chance I think that he could go to Chelsea if he goes to any Champions League club just simply because they are lacking a goal scorer Aubameyang isn't getting it done so once again it's due to the failure of another player we're talking about Tammy Abraham at Roma and we're also talking about um, Aubameyang here at Chelsea so perhaps Cristiano Ronaldo would work I know Todd Bowley wanted to sign him and Thomas Tuchel didn't as it would bring a lot of marketing and attention to uh, to Chelsea that isn't really the reason to sign a player but ultimately owners do what owners want to do and it'll be interesting to see if that is the case if Graham Potter does play 
Cristiano Ronaldo in the first 11 or if he's forced to play Cristiano Ronaldo in the first 11 because again, Chelsea are a team who stylistically don't suit the way Cristiano Ronaldo plays. So Graham Potter would be forced to force Cristiano Ronaldo into that 11. So very, very interesting to see what happens moving forward. Um, As for the interview in itself, obviously there are a lot of points there. Manchester United supporters are somewhat divided or um, I think they would have been more divided if he hadn't attacked Eric Ten Hag. Of course, Eric Ten Hag is very popular with the United fans, popular with me personally. And um, I think that was the point where he alienated Manchester United fans. So it is still quite split. But I think instead of being 50-50, it's more 70-30. I think at the 50-50 mark, um, 50% of them would have sided with him for uh, attacking the Glazers and the other 50% would have not sided with him for attacking ex-players like Rooney and Gary Neville, complaining that he was above criticism, um, some of the excuses he made about the fact that he wasn't there for pre-season, attacking the facilities at the club. I think some people wouldn't have liked that, but I think it would have stayed 50-50 still because some of them were valid complaints and um, the other 50% would have loved him for attacking the Glazers. But I think it moved a needle to a 70-30 kind of direction when he attacked Eric Ten Hag. I think that was his big mistake in this interview. I think doing the interview in itself was a big mistake. But if your goal was to get yourself out of Manchester United and get out of this contract, then it wasn't that stupid after all because he achieved his goal. I guess if you achieve your goal, you should have somewhere to go next. And I think, as I said, that will be the most interesting part. Let's have a listen to what he said about Eric Ten Hag. Um, I'll throw in a couple of other bits as well, and then we'll move on to the whole Portugal situation and see how it will affect Portugal during this World Cup, if at all. I don't know what's going on, but since since the um, Sir Alex Ferguson left, I saw no evolution in the club. The progress was zero. For example, you have an interesting point that how the club as Manchester United after suck um, Ole, mm-hmm. they buy, they bring sport directive Ralph Regnick, which is something that nobody understands. This guy is, is not even a coach. A bigger club like Manchester United bring sport directive surprise not only me, but all the world, you know, nothing changed. Surprisingly, not only the pool, the jacuzzi, even the gym, even some points in technology, the kitchen, the chefs, which is I appreciate, lovely, lovely persons. They stop in a in a time which is is it surprised me a lot. I thought I will see different things, different as I mentioned before, technology, infrastructure, but unfortunately, we see many things that. I'm used to see when I was 20, 21, 23, so surprised me a lot. He dropped you, he benched you, he mucked you around, he talked about you in the press. Were you getting that feeling? I mean, did you feel that... The feeling, he always mentioned to me that I didn't need the preseason, so I should wait for my opportunity. I really understand, I should... Well, okay, I understand. But I'm not going to give you points but he don't do it the same procedement from to every players I'm not gonna mention players but they don't do it the same way second I understand that becoming a new job 
Manchester was so bad the last five years that it should make, they should clean the house, let's say in that way. But the way they approach, the way the press make this so big, it's because probably the, the communication wasn't the best. Um, but I, I, I really understand in the beginning, because I didn't do the preseason, I don't start to play. But going more further than that, further than that, other things happen that people they don't know. And I'm not, I'm not uh, hiding that the empathy with the coach is not good. I'm, I'm, I'm honest. You don't have a good relationship with him. I'm not mean good relationship. The empathy is not, it's not good. Let's say. Do you think he respects you? I think he don't. He don't respect the way I should deserve. Um, but it is what it is. This is why probably. The, the game against Tottenham I left. Well I want to come to these two games So against Manchester City Where United got destroyed He didn't bring you on He brought on other strikers But didn't bring you on And I felt insulted on your behalf I was like well, surely against Manchester City If you're losing this badly And you've got the greatest player of all time Sitting there You at least give him some time don't you But he didn't And he said afterwards The reason was he had too much respect for you, he wanted to respect you. When you heard him say that, what did you think? Excuses. I see as excuses. Um, I saw many things that um, I don't wanna I don't wanna criticize him. He can he can have different opinion than me that they choose the players that he think it's better for the team. I respect that. But the excuses all the time, you know, the excuses have short legs you cannot excuse all the time which is things that don't make sense okay you don't put me against manchester city because of respect of your career and you want to put me three minutes against tottenham well that's the thing so then you then play tottenham don't make sense and then he wants to bring you on with three minutes to go which is the complete opposite to what he said the situation was with city i think he did he did he did purpose because, for example, in the national team, the other clubs, if the coach wants to put me five minutes, if someone injured or, or if they really need me, I will help. But in that way, I felt provoked, not only because of that game, but before some... He history. was deliberately provoking you. Well, everyone, everyone know that. Everyone Disrespecting know that. you, you think? Exactly. This is why I say I don't have respect for him because he don't show me respect for me. This is why we, we are... We are in that situation. Uh, I have to be. I have to be honest that the things don't going well because of that. Because the empathy don't exist, and he keep uh, he keep saying things for the press, but the press say what they think it's 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 good to protect probably him and Manchester United. But as I know, as I understand many things that he signed three years contract with Manchester United. Probably I'm not going to be too much long in Manchester United apart when I'm finished my contract. I really understand, but I like guys that they don't lie, they speak honest, they be frontal. frontal. And I'm not neg negotiate my morals. My morals always will be intact. And what, what's going in my, in, my, in my things the last two months was um, not respect in many ways, which is it. I can regret, for example, against Tottenham to left the stadium before uh, the finish. Well, there's a video clip which appears to show Ten Hag telling you to get ready to come on. 
and you gesticulate back to him, I'm not going to do that. And as a result, you get suspended for the next couple of games and he goes public and says it's because you refused to come on. And you did then issue a statement of some regret saying, you know, you're a professional and you've never been suspended before, I don't think, never. in your entire career. I mean, when you look back at that, I guess my question would be, you've always been very acutely aware of your role model status around the world. Do you wish, with hindsight, you hadn't done that and handled it a different Probably. way? Probably. I regret to left the stadium. Yeah. But I was, as I told the peers before, I didn't felt that he had respect for me mm. to put me on three minutes after the issues that we had before. Um, I was very, 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 very disappointing for the communicator of Manchester United, to be honest. I never had a problem with any club, with any coach, and they suspend me three days, which is, is I felt a lot, and it was and and level of sport clubs, I felt a lot, and it was a shame. Was it humiliating for you? I think so, yes. I have to, to say the truth, what I felt. I remember I arrived, I, I arrived, well, I don't, I don't want to say, I don't want to say details what he pretend to do it, but I, I'm not going to say that. But I remember I arriving home and Cristiano see me, Daddy, you not go to the game? I said, no, because the club punished me with three days and he did like, <laughs> how, how are they going to punish you if you are the best player in the world? And uh, you're not going to play? Say, no, I'm not going to play because I, I'm not being, I'm behave. And he looked at me like, my daddy, not be behave. What? In one way, I was good because I was like more relaxed. But in the same way, I feel very disappointed because, okay, I regret, I apologize. I'm not perfect. I commit a mistake. But suspending three games, uh, three days, for that, I think it's too much, and they they make fire for the press, which is, is really disappointing me. Yeah, that was the main part where I think that Man United fans really turned, and it is valid. He is completely delusional. There are many, many delusional comments there where he thinks he's above the team, and you can see the problem, and you can see the problem that other players have had with him. I mean, it all comes out here. Eric Ten Hag is entitled to do whatever he wants. He is the manager and he can run that team however he wants. There's, there's no entitlement there for Cristiano Ronaldo. The fact that he's received this much protection, this many one-to-one conversations, the fact that he was given the, the captaincy as well after all of this, shows that Eric Ten Hag did respect him. But Ronaldo obviously feels entitled to things that other players are not entitled to. And the fact that he still refers to himself as the best player in the world, you're the biggest player in the world, potentially. You're the biggest name, but you are nowhere near being the biggest player in the world. You are nowhere near winning the last Ballon d'Or. You are nowhere near as effective as other players when you're on the pitch. And it shows results are worse when you currently play for Manchester United. How can you not see that? How can you not see the correlation to when you are on the pitch to the actual results where we play worse, we do worse when you are playing. You are no longer the best player in the world. It is a cold, hard fact. And it is a reality that he can't seem to deal with. He can't seem to deal with any kind of criticism. He lashes out at Gary Neville for criticising him. He calls Wayne Rooney a rat. 
a comment that Manchester United fans really didn't like when Wayne Rooney was nothing but polite when uh, when criticising him and it was barely even criticism. All he really said was, age comes for all of us and uh, this is a player who no longer plays himself. And that was it. Age comes for all of us. He's not a major criticism. It doesn't justify saying that you're better looking for Wayne than Wayne Rooney and he's jealous of you and that he looks terrible and that he's a rat. And these were the things that really pissed off the Man United supporters, along with the absolute delusion, the entitlement that Cristiano Ronaldo feels that he should still be automatically playing, that he has this divine right where he doesn't need to come on as a substitute. He even compares the situation between the Manchester City game and the and the Tottenham game, well, how can you not understand tactically the difference? In the Manchester City game, we're out of the game. We are massively down in that match. We're not getting back into it at 4-0 down. He doesn't want to bring you on at 4-0 down for a game that we ended up losing 6-3. There's nothing you can do. It's a waste of time. It is disrespectful. But against Tottenham, when we're 2-0 up, and it's three minutes to go or four minutes to go and he wants you to come on and, and, and help us see out the game because you can see out the game because you're supposed to be one of the best aerial players in football. And therefore, that doesn't just mean on an, in an attacking sense. It also means to come on and defend corners and things of that nature to hold the ball up because that's something that you tend to do when, when we're on the counter-attack and we want a fast break. You're very good at holding the ball up, which stops our counter-attack. So you could be there with a fresh pair of legs to hold the ball up when we need you to hold the ball up, when we need you to kill time, when we need you to come on there and defend corners. It's a completely different situation bringing on a fresh player who's good in the air, who can help see out a 2-0 lead, than a player, than sending a player on who's a legend at 4-0 down when there's absolutely no point. It's completely different. And how can you not see the difference in the two situations? And why are you above not coming on anyway? Why are you above any of this. Eric Ten Hag has not disrespected Cristiano Ronaldo. Wayne Rooney has not disrespected Cristiano Ronaldo. Gary Neville has not has not disrespected Cristiano Ronaldo unless criticism is disrespect, unless you can criticise any other player for their poor performances, but you can't criticise Cristiano Ronaldo. Does he not see that he was exempt from criticism last year because he scored 24 goals for the club, 18 in the league? He says it's 32 because this is Cristiano Ronaldo and he needs to pad out things and even add international goals onto that to make himself seem even more important than he is. You don't need to do that. You're Cristiano Ronaldo. It reminds me of um, of Hulk Hogan in wrestling when he sold out the, the Silver Dome and slammed Andre the Giant and he adds numbers to the attendance and adds weight to Andre the Giant's weight. Andre the Giant was legitimately a, a 500-pound man that he slammed. And when Hulk Hogan talks about it, he talks about slamming a 700-pound giant in a in a 100,000 sold-out stadium. Think, things of that nature. That's how ridiculous it is. We're comparing Cristiano Ronaldo to Hulk Hogan because he's so delusional. Um, I think he really lost a lot of people there. He, he gained some friends with the with the Glazer comments, obviously, um, we all know the facilities of, at the club are not up to standard. We all know the ground is not up to standard. It's not surprising to, to hear that, but it is good to hear Cristiano Ronaldo saying that. But as I said, I reiterate, he lost people when he criticised Eric Ten Hag, who's doing an excellent job. Um, he lost people when he said that he was above criticism, when quite clearly the results are not the same when he's on the pitch. And um, he, he lost he lost followers when he turned around and said that uh, Rooney was a rat and that people were 
were like Gary Neville criticised him for publicity um, or to or to raise their profile. Gary Neville doesn't need to raise his profile. Wayne Rooney, I don't think, gives a shit about his profile. Never has. People like Rooney, Skulls, Ryan Giggs, they never did. That's why they were such great Manchester United players. That's why it's a shame now when we're lumbered with people or we were lumbered with people like Jesse Lingard and Paul Pogba. And these are the type of players that we needed to get out of our club. This is why it was a massive distraction when Marcus Rashford was primarily focusing on his PR and his charity work in order to raise his profile. Marcus Rashford's a different player now. He's mainly focused on football. So I think they were my main takeaways from the interview. We've gone a little bit long here. We want to save some time, obviously, to talk about this whole Portugal situation and how it will affect things there and if they have a chance of uh, of winning this World Cup. Before we do that, let me talk about the Thanksgiving free roll. If you like Super Bowl squares, you're going to love what we have for the DGENs on Thanksgiving. Our friends at Play Action Pools have set us up with a football bingo contest for Thursday's slate. It's simple to join and free to play in the SGPN app. Once you enter, you'll see your unique bingo card on your screen. Whenever a touchdown is scored on Thursday, check your card to see if you have that player. If you do, just check the box. And if you get bingo, you'll win $100 in cash and a $100 SGPN gift card. In my life, timing is always timing. From your side, it's obviously easy to give your opinions and write things, sometimes truths, sometimes, most of them, lies. The timing for me is my timing. I don't have to worry about what others think. I'm totally convinced this won't have any influence on the team. Every player, manager president and kit man they all know who i am what i think they know me since i was 11 years old they won't be influenced by what people say or write the squad is ready well and confident this group is united and keen to win this competition everybody wants to play and this is something i like to see in a squad the ambition is really high Therefore, I have no doubt that this episode, not only this one that happened to me, but there will be other episodes involving other players about the training or something personal with their families or clubs. These might shake the player himself, but nothing will shake the squad. Yeah, he goes on to also explain that the Bruno Fernandes video that we saw, that was him sharing a joke because Bruno was one of the last players there. And uh, he joked, did you come by a boat? And then the, the incident with Jao Concello, he said Jao Concello was mad about something that happened in training with Jao Felix. And as captain, he was going over to um, to, con- con- to console him. I, I do buy into that. I, I really don't think that these Portugal players care about anything that Cristiano Ronaldo has done or said. Um, at the end of the day, Manchester United is separate from Portugal especially now he's no longer a Manchester United player either. So he's not going to bring that back with him. So these... Um, these people have almost done him a favour by getting rid of him today as a Manchester United player because now he can focus on Portugal and now Bruno can focus on Portugal and Dallo can focus on Portugal and they know they don't have to deal with this awkward situation when they get when they get back. So I do think it's done. I think there's a line under it. I think they can focus on the World Cup and why wouldn't they? These players want to win the World Cup. This is the pinnacle of world football. This is the most important thing. These players are winners as well. They won the 2016 Euros. 
Uh, they've won a Nations League. So this team know how to win. I think the main issue that they're going to have is the fact that the publicity from it and, um, and, and the feelings of the Manchester United supporters are somewhat echoed by the, by the Portugal supporters. And even Cristiano Ronaldo's sister's spoken out about how harsh these Portugal fans are and how they don't deserve Cristiano Ronaldo and how ungrateful they are. That may be the case, but ultimately, I don't think it's ungrateful to point out the obvious that Cristiano Ronaldo isn't the same player that he was. This isn't the player that went toe-to-toe with Messi. Even Messi's not the same player that Messi was. We saw that today. Um, They got beaten by Saudi Arabia and Messi was ineffective in that game. There was a way to play against him where he couldn't get into the game. It was the same old story as as Messi always has for Argentina. But Ronaldo, he's been a more influential player than Portugal. But that doesn't mean it's your divine right and entitlement. And again, we use that word, entitlement. And it's just this sense of entitlement from Ronaldo and from Ronaldo's family. But this coach will continue to play Ronaldo. He's not going to do what Eric Ten Hag did. And many Portugal supporters, and, and even I myself, think that is to the detriment of the team because there is another way that this team could play. Stylistically, they are suited to play another style. They have a lot of talent in this team. When you're looking at Rafael Leao and, and Jao Felix being able to lead a, a fast front line who would press the ball behind them, you could play um, Bernardo Silva, Bruno Fernandes. You have protection in front of that defence as well. Um, you can play uh, Ruben Diaz at the back. Jao Cancelo out, out wide is a fullback. Diego Dallo is a fullback. You have decent goalkeepers to choose from. So this is a team that could win the World Cup if everything clicks into, spa- into, into place. But I think it will be more difficult with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo starting as your striker. But in saying that, one thing I want to say is that Cristiano Ronaldo has responded to criticism time and time and time and time again in his career. It would not surprise me to see a fully motivated, angry, pissed off Cristiano Ronaldo coming out in this game against Ghana or one of these other games in the group stages, scoring a hat-trick and doing enough to, to win the golden boot. And um, also another thing here, if Portugal are easy to play against, with Cristiano Ronaldo in the team, if Portugal are smart and if the manager is smart, he will know that everybody knows how Portugal are going to play. They're going to play around Cristiano Ronaldo. They're going to look to get the ball to Cristiano Ronaldo. So Cristiano Ronaldo is always going to have two players in the centre-back position doubling up on him. What if they were able to game plan for that? What if Cristiano Ronaldo was able to drop out and drop into more of a number 10 role, creating space for other players to move into? What if Cristiano Ronaldo wasn't always hovering in the box and was able to offer some kind of distraction and allowed um, allowed space to be created for other players? What if Cristiano Ronaldo was the ultimate decoy because everybody knows how Portugal are going to play and they do something completely different whilst having Cristiano Ronaldo on the pitch, but allowing other players to make runs into the space created by people primarily focus on Cristiano Ronaldo what if they did that Um, I don't think they will because Cristiano Ronaldo to me is too selfish and too self-involved and too delusional to to be the type of player that allows other players to get the glory but he did say in that interview that his biggest goal would be to win the World Cup with Portugal and he doesn't care how they end up winning it so let's see if that ends up being true uh, I, I'm not sure how things are going to go for Cristiano Ronaldo or Portugal in this World Cup. I do expect them to come through this group, but it is a difficult group. They are paired with Uruguay. 
They are the 8-11 to favourites to win it with Uruguay here at 2-1. to South Korea 9-1 to and Ghana at 11-1. to We already covered this group pretty extensively. I did say that I like Portugal and Uruguay to come out of it. But if Uruguay end up winning this group, there's a very, very good chance that Portugal could play Brazil in the last 16. It's a mouth-watering tie, but it's a tie that's likely to end Portugal's involvement in the World Cup. So... Obviously, that would not be a good outcome for Cristiano Ronaldo and his fellow Portugal players. Ronaldo, at the moment, sits at 16-1 to to win the Golden Boot. That would be an absolutely incredible price to get. As little as um, a year ago, in fact, at the, at the last Euros, let alone four years ago when we were in Russia. So there could be some value on that at 16 to 1. Because as I said, a pissed off Ronaldo with his back against the wall has always responded. You only need to look at that game where um, that, that tie in the Champions League where they were 2-0 down against Atletico. He was mocked by the press. He, was, he responded by telling them how many Champions Leagues he'd won compared to Atletico Madrid and subsequently scored a hatchery in the second leg and put them out. So that's what Cristiano Ronaldo can do. But can Cristiano Ronaldo do that at 37 years of age? It remains to be seen. Before we close out, let me break down this opening game against Ghana. Portugal opened things up on Thursday. They are the two to five favourites to start with a win against Ghana. It's 18 to five on the draw and it's 17 to two here on Ghana. Ghana are going to sit in deep and it's going to be a game where Portugal need to break them down. This is the type of game where I don't think it matters if you play Cristiano Ronaldo because there aren't going to be chances to counter-attack. There aren't really going to be um, chances where you hit teams on the break and, and counter-attack them and Cristiano Ronaldo is not going to be somebody who breaks down your breaks down your attacks on the counter. This is going to be a game where you have a lot of the ball and you need to break teams down. I don't think there's going to be really any need to press either because I think this Ghana team are going to want to get the ball out as soon as possible. They're not going to try and play football in front of their own back four. It's going to be a case of let's get the ball away out of the danger areas and set up again in a defensive low block to stop Portugal from scoring and allow Portugal to just come at them and come at them and possibly have 65 to 70% of the ball. This is not the type of game where it matters that you have Cristiano Ronaldo in your lineup. In fact, it's probably useful to have a player in there to get on the end of balls into the box. So I don't think this is a negative having Cristiano Ronaldo in this game. I think this is a game where Cristiano Ronaldo can score. And I think this is a game that Portugal do end up winning comfortably. The main lean I picked out for this game was for Portugal halftime full time. Now this is a plus money selection at six to five plus one twenty. The reason I've picked this out is because Portugal have led at the break in each of their last ten wins while they struck first in all three of their group games as well back at Euro twenty twenty. Ghana are actually the lowest ranked side in this entire tournament and I don't think there'll be a match here for Portugal. Portugal cruised to a 4-0 win against Nigeria in preparation for this competition and uh, I do think they'll be able to win quite comfortably here against Ghana. I like Portugal also to cover a minus one handicap here to to start the tournament. That is minus one on the Asian handicap line. That is not minus 1.5. So we do give ourselves a push 
if they only win by one goal. But obviously, we want them to win here by two or more in order to cash this selection. So I look for a winning start here from Portugal. The deciding game will obviously be that big game against Uruguay. That'll be a more end-to-end game. That'll be Uruguay attacking Portugal and Portugal attacking Uruguay. So we'll see if that's the type of game where Cristiano Ronaldo is a positive or a negative. I think, as I mentioned before, there may be a point in this tournament where the coach is faced with a very, very real reality of do you want to play Cristiano Ronaldo or do you want to not play Cristiano Ronaldo? Is it beneficial to continue playing Cristiano Ronaldo against this team? Have you only got this far because of Cristiano Ronaldo or in spite of Cristiano Ronaldo? And I do feel that will be a decision that needs to be taken at some point in this tournament. Unless, of course, Cristiano Ronaldo proves us all wrong, makes a flying start and makes 16 to 1 to win the Golden Boot look very, very silly despite the fact he's 37 years of age and despite the fact he's just been let go by Manchester United. So that concludes this Ronaldo edition of BetMUFC. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And thanks for listening.